With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Point number one is for the Vikings to stay in that seventh position in the playoff hunt, they have to protect Kirk Cousins at all costs. They were look, they, they were done dirty by the Bears' defensive line today. And you know what? Coming into this game, I, I mean, we all talk about all the close games the Vikings have lost. They could have won. Well, the ones they won, but the reason was because Kirk has protected the football. And the reason he did that, coming into the game, this offensive line has given it the least amount of sacks. They were not on their best today, and they got the Rams coming up, the Packers D-line, and then yeah. the Bears again. They got to protect Kirk Cousins so he can protect the football. Protect that football. It's going to be tough if you missed it on the scoop session on Mackie and Judd. Doogie reporting cracked rib for Kirk Cousins, which might help explain. I mean, that was one of the worst games of his NFL career against the Bears on Monday night. But that thing ain't going to go away. Now, Drew Brees had like five cracked ribs or something. So like you can you can play with cracked ribs, but eh, it's not going to be comfortable for, be painful. for old Kirky boy. This is Purple Daily. We play through everything. Mm-hmm. Cracked ribs, COVID. 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 Co- Judge, COVID. Judge short-term memory is a mess. He doesn't oh, even remember God. what we talked about. What are we, like, what are we talking about tomorrow? Show. What, what are we doing today? You know, that's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, three days ago, sense of taste and smell gone. Yesterday, everything smelled like burnt toast or sewage. Oh. That's the sewage. new thing. Yeah. I actually love the smell of burnt toast. Wasn't that like the signs of a stroke, though? I don't know if I like that one. Uh, yeah, you know what? I actually, yes. And it's, it's the regeneration of something in your, in your nose and your brain gets confused. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, the, the actual, the actual sickness for me has not been bad. The side effects suck. It's the, it's the, it's the sixth finger that you grew on your left hand that's been problematic. It's crazy. Like, I'm like, everything smells like burnt toast and sewage. What the New episode title, State of Judd. State of Judd yeah. instead of state of the offense. State of the Judd. I mean, if any doctors want answers, I'm here for you. Yeah. Well, here's your answer. Maybe you should just start watching uh, medical shows on your TCL TV because TCL has a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL, and uh, it's a connected TV. It's connected to all the internet apps, so you can you can watch us. It's probably like a WebMD app or something on there. You can also but you watch, watch us. Mackie and Judd and Purple mm-hmm. Daily. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And uh, that's the prism through which we talk about this team on this show. And on Thursdays, we devote an entire episode to the state of the Vikings offense. And I've got four key offensive stats. You like that? You like that? 
for y'all. And I think the first one is going to it's going to launch a discussion here. So I just I'd like to throw the first one out, and then we can we'll decide on that, Phil. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll 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 debate that. Okay. We'll decide if it's going to launch a discussion, or we're just going to be like, nah, okay, next nope. bet. I also have a random Viking of the week for you guys later on that should be should be fun too. One game win streak for next. So the first, these are categories of stats here. The first category we're going to call Matthew Stafford versus Kirk Cousins and quarterback win loss records. Okay. So those two guys are playing each other, and over the last twenty years, you could argue that Stafford and Cousins are really the two biggest examples of quarterbacks to put up great numbers. Like you could find those guys on. Any list of Hall of Famers, like Matthew Stafford just became the fastest quarterback to get to 50,000 yards, and Cousins is, you know, top three all-time completion percentage and top five passer rating, et cetera. But those stats haven't come with a lot of team success in their careers. Uh, in fact, uh, Cousins' teams are exactly 500 over 100-plus starts. It's like 115 starts or something. And Stafford's teams over his career are actually 10 games below 500 over 179 starts, largely with the Lions. And so, you know, a lot of numbers, not a lot of team success. There's definitely reasons why. My question's it's kind of a two-part question for you guys. Why don't Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford's teams have better records over the last 10-plus years, considering the numbers they put up? Now, Stafford's team is 10-4 and four this year. And I think there's you know, there's some major differences between the Lions and the Rams. But why don't their teams have better records? And how comparable are Stafford and Cousins? Ooh. I you know what? I'll bite. I'll bite. I will have a discussion. Um they they are they are fairly comparable. I think I like Stafford a little bit more. But that being said, they are comparable. The question about why their teams don't have more wins is a little bit dicey because of Stafford being stuck with such a garbage franchise for so long. I mean, Detroit, um, I don't know how many people could be put in Detroit. I'm talking about some pretty damn good quarterbacks and have been successful. So I don't know that the comparison there of of like trying to, to be like, well, Stafford didn't win more in Detroit and Cousins didn't win more in Washington or with the Vikings and it's, and here's the exact reason why i think there's some shades of great with kirk where with stafford i can basically say he played for just a crappy crappy team and a franchise that was that's been a mess for years since before matthew stafford was born um so i think in kirk's case i think the biggest part of the problem here is it has been difficult to establish the infrastructure around kirk because of because partially of how much kirk is paid uh i People might be tired of hearing that, but it's a fact. Like, it it causes issues as far as building up the offensive line around Kirk. Um, I think in Stafford's case, I would love to have seen a younger Matthew Stafford relocated to a good franchise. Like, yeah. like how would Matt, how would Stafford, to, to flip the question back to you guys, how would Matthew Stafford have done here? Like, if you'd put him here in 2008. Yeah, and that it's funny you, you say that because, and by the way, we're losing Judd's connection a little bit there. Judd was, we, it's funny because we heard we heard your voice ninety yeah, your voice like ninety five percent, but you were uh, Mr. Roboto. There. Really? It was it was your infrastructure. Your infrastructure was not the best. <laughs> so uh, we'll try to we'll try to make a halftime adjustment here and clean that up. But to what Judd's saying, it's funny because like we think of the Vikings 
rightfully so, as being a much more well-run, not a perfectly run organization, but a much better run organization than the Lions. But then we sit here with Kirk Cousins and we're like, whoa, but like, look at all the garbage things around him. It's like, well, the Vikings aren't the Jets. The Vikings aren't the, the Lions. The Vikings aren't the Texans. They're not the Patriots, but you know, the Vikings have had pretty good rosters and some great mm-hmm. weapons. And they've had, even with, with Kirk's first two years, a couple of top 10 defenses. So I think Stafford is better than Cousins despite having a worse quarterback wins, quote-unquote, record. Um, But now you're seeing Stafford, like, the reason I said this is because you're seeing Stafford, in part, in a great situation that, in fairness, Cousins has never been with, like, an offensive guru like Sean McVay with, you know, three or four great wide receivers. He's had maybe two great wide receivers at times with the Vikings. You know, Stafford's not perfect, but you're seeing what he looks like with everything surrounding him now. And he's still going to make mistakes. He's got like 10 picks on the season, but there's a reason why he was such a highly drafted player, and there's a reason why he's thriving so much uh, in his first year with the Rams. So I think the biggest difference between Stafford and Cousins, there's to me there's two things. When pressure mounts in a game, whether it's trailing in the fourth quarter or, or whether the, the, you know, the defense is literally getting pressure on you, Stafford is better than Cousins in those situations. In fact, this year, Stafford is second in the NFL in yards per attempt when pressured. Cousins is 29th. That's a huge one right there. Right. All quarterbacks face pressure. When they're pressured, can you overcome it to some extent? Yeah. And uh, and St- the answer for Stafford has been yes this year. And then on the on the the second thing for me is I think Stafford is more willing to take high upside risks. Like he's going to fit a ball into a tight window. There was a couple throws on that what Tuesday night game this week that were like, wow, I don't think Kirk attempts that throw. Now, Kirk's going to avoid making some mistakes. His interception totals might be lower because he's not going to take that chance. Stafford might have you know, 10, 14 picks in the season where Cousins won't, but Stafford is going to have some bigger payoff throws in situations on third downs in games because he's just pushing the ball down the field more than Cousins does. So I, like, their careers are kind of in the same bin, but I think Stafford is a better quarterback than Cousins. Yeah, so. I, I think he's a better one too. Um, but I, it does prove the point that if you put you, you put Stafford with Sean McVay, and now all of a sudden you're seeing the best version of Stafford because he has an offensive-minded coach and better infrastructure in general. And now could that be Kirk if you hired a Kellen Moore? If you put him with Kyle Shanahan, what could it be? Right, like that's always the what if with with Kirk because I, I do think they're similar. I think if I had an option, I would take Stafford over Cousins, but they mostly have been belonging in the same tier. Like Stafford, even to his credit, I don't think up up until this year, has never been in that first tier of quarterbacks. At best, he's been a tier two, mostly a tier three QB. Yep. All right, let's check on Judd here real quick. Let's check on Mr. Mr. Roboto. Am I better? No. (laughs) No. You're you're doing Amamato, Mr. Roboto. Sorry. All right. Let's put Judd back in timeout here. Hopefully... Random season recall doesn't end in a forfeit for no. Jared. I don't Sorry, want uh, well, random Viking of the week. Yeah, I don't want that to end happen. in a forfeit. <laughs> it's the last thing I want to have happen. Um, one one we'll let, uh, one last thought on QB wins or you know team win loss records put on a quarterback because that's what happens. Like quarterbacks are the only players that have win loss records attached to them, and of course there's 53 guys on a roster and it is a team sport, but quarterbacks have way more influence over the outcome of games mm-hmm. than any other position by far. In fact, if you look at Vegas lines on a weekly basis or like, you know, Vegas futures, if you're looking ahead to like team win loss records, quarterbacks will move lines by multiple points or multiple wins 
uh, in futures. It doesn't really happen with other positions. Like J.J. Watt in his prime might have moved a line like a point yeah. or a point and a half if he was out. But top quarterbacks will move a line three, five, six, seven points. So, you, no, you can't put wins and losses entirely on a quarterback, especially in the short term. Like small sample size, Kirk Cousins got a win on Monday night. It's one of the worst games of his career. But over the course of 75, 100, 150 starts, a quarterback's influence, good or bad, will show up in win-loss records. When you look, we went over this stat a couple weeks ago on on the the state of the offense. When you look at the top fifteen or so passer rating quarterbacks of all time, there's a reason why almost all of them are like thirty, fifty, a hundred games over five hundred or more in their careers because they are over the course of ten, fifteen years influencing wins on a regular basis. And I just think you know, so Kirk is the only one that isn't above five hundred among the top fifteen. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I think, has been saddled in just a much more putrid situation with the Lions for 10-plus years, and I think it was hard to overcome the organization. Um, You could say the same maybe for Kirk in Washington, but overall, quarterbacks are going to have an influence on wins and losses more than any other position, especially over the course of 75, 100, 100-plus starts. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm under the belief, too, and it's more of a hotter take, but I I do think quarterback wins this stat. I, I know a lot of people are like, that's not a statistic. I do think it's a statistic. If it's over the right course and it's with the right people, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. When Jimmy Garoppolo starts, the 49ers win. I don't think that's necessarily a coincidence. It has a great infrastructure. Kyle Shanahan's a d- damn good coach. But Jimmy Garoppolo has won 70% of his starts when he starts mm-hmm. for San Francisco. That's not, that's not a random fact. That's a stat. That's an actual stat. Yeah. Well, I mean, hell, like there's, there's, a, there's a million examples in the last 10 or 15 years. Let me pull this list up real quick here. Um, if you look at, let's say, um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a great example. He's 135 and 65. Yeah. And for many years, the Packers had bottom 10 defenses. Um, they've had decent receivers, but very rarely have they had like a second stud receiver. They've had Devonte mm-hmm. Adams and Jordy Nelson, but very rarely has he had like a second stud receiver. Very rarely has he had, uh, Top defenses, like I said. Mike McCarthy was not that great of a head coach down the stretch. But because Aaron Rodgers is amazing, the Packers are 135 and 65. You, you, you can't say quarterbacks are valuable and you should pay $35, $40 million for the quarterback and pay 20% of your salary cap. And then on the other side of your mouth be like, well, it's a team sport. Everyone's equal. Right. All 53 positions are equal. It's like, well, then why do quarterbacks make so much more money than other players do? You can't really have it both ways. No, not at all. Should we check on Judd again? All right. All right. I Mr. Roboto. Think... Oh, no. No? <laughs> it's a, it's a, a little better. I just can't tell. Judd, give, give, us your, give, us your take on, uh, give us your take on the Vikings' right guard situation for 10 seconds, and let's see if you drop out. Oh, the right guard situation for the Vikings is a complete mess. Who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? Uh, Mason Cole, by the way, um, not practicing now. He has an elbow injury. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you against Aaron Donald, Ole Udo, who might not be an improvement um, on Cole, but he can't be worse than Cole was against Akeem Hicks. So, what the hell? How is that? It's like Judd's playing with a cracked rib or something yeah, right now. Yeah, a he's, cracked rib. He's, he's fighting through the cracked internet. He's uh, his voice is coming through, but he is Mr. Abato. So we're we're gonna we're gonna keep you in the game, but we're gonna we're gonna run the ball here. And we're gonna we're gonna limit your throws. 
All right. That sounds like a good idea. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, key offensive stat number two or category number two. Total offense. Some of the parts. So everything included. Quarterback play, scheme, offensive line, run game, pass game, everything. I've got three different quantifications here. Number one, yards per play. Now, last week, the Vikings were fifth. We led the show last week on Thursday, State of the Offense, and the Vikings have a top 10 offense now, according to yards per play. Well, with that garbage performance against the Bears, they dropped from fifth to 13th in yards per play in the league. Um, So, out of the top 10. Football Outsiders, DVOA, which basically ranks offenses with context. It's not about yards as much. It's about context. If it's third and 13 and you gain 10 yards, congratulations, doesn't really count for as much. They've got the Vikings 14th in the NFL offensively. And PFF, 12th in overall offensive grade. So 13th yards per play, Mm -hmm. 14th football outsiders, 12th in PFF grade. So basically a slightly above average offense that's outside the top 10. Um, I don't know, man. Dex, I feel like... I feel like this offense should be much more flirtatious with top five than top ten. It should be in the top ten, um, you know. And I don't know if that's Clint Kubiak just being inexperienced. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's the offensive line now kind of showing more of its warts at, after a, a, a better start to what we thought it could be in the first few games. But this offense should absolutely be top ten. And then when you have a head coach that's more embracing running the football a ton and being a defensive first team, it's hard to embrace it. It's hard to go all in on it. And that's why I'm curious what the offense could look like, too, with the Kellen Moore, with an offensive-minded coach. Because, look, it's great that Dalvin Cook exists, and you should absolutely do everything in your power to establish Dalvin Cook because he's a damn good player. But when when Dalvin Cook is still getting the ball a ton against a Bears defense that was playing practice squad players, and maybe Kirk's cracked rib in that game, kind of changed up the game plan. You have to go aerial against a, a defense like that. And Akeem Hicks is a nasty player, dude. He's He makes a living killing the Vikings. But at the end of the day, Justin Jefferson can get open. K.J. Osborne can get open. You can figure out ways to swing the ball to Dalvin Cook. It's literally like they became a conservative offense, and they're going against number one defense when that should have been an absolute aerial attack. So for them to drop out of the top ten, it's, it's disappointing. And for them to be 11th and 12th with those weapons on offense— is kind of unacceptable. Yeah, it's uh, it just it makes you wonder. And obviously, the, the the first nitpick would be offensive line. Okay, well, what if the offensive line was better? But I just I still feel like if you replaced Mike Zimmer and Clint Kubiak with people that actually know what they're doing offensively, Sean McVay, uh, Matt Lafleur. Yeah. Now, granted, he has one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But if you had a real offensive mastermind and whiz. There's no way that they would rank outside the top 10 in yards per play, football outsiders, DVOA, and PFF grade. I'm sorry. They'd find ways to overcome some bad offensive line play, and they would find ways to push the ball down the field on a consistent basis as opposed to doing it for a couple games and then Mm -hmm. going back into a shell and then, you know, getting all conservative. So, all right, uh, key offensive stat category number three, presented by our friends at Federated. Federated's been around helping business owners with Basically, uh, offensive line protection. You know, they're just trying to hold off potential risks that could kill the buzz of your company, so to speak. Uh, Federated, like I said, been around for over 100 years. They've got all kinds of tools, resources, and people you can tap into. So if you're a business owner and you listen to Purple Daily, check them out at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Football. 
right? Category number three is Justin Jefferson versus Stefan Diggs. I think last year we saw Justin Jefferson. We were like, man, mm-hmm. he might be almost as good as Stefan Diggs. So they basically traded Diggs for a haul and then replaced him with someone awesome. I think it's official now. Justin Jefferson is better than Stefan Diggs. He has seven more. So they both played 14 games. JJ has seven more catches, 300 more yards, and one more touchdown. And he's also averaging three more yards per catch. And Buffalo seems to be much more interested in a big-time passing game than the Vikings do, even though the Vikings have definitely ramped up their targets to J.J. and deep passes. But Mm -hmm. by almost every statistical measurement, even if you go deeper in the weeds, J.J. is better than Stefan Diggs, Dex. I love me some Stefan Diggs. Um, I know he exited here in an uglier fashion and not the way maybe he even wanted to if you looked back on it, but... I think Stefan Diggs and Buffalo are facing an issue where Brian Dable doesn't want to run the football. So now you have Josh Allen, who has turned into a lot better quarterback than I think a lot of people thought he was when he was first drafted. But now they become they become predictable. They become very one-dimensional on offense. And now that kind of forces, all right, if we take away Stefan Diggs, can just Josh Allen beat us? And I think that's what other teams have basically done with the Buffalo Bills. If take away Diggs, I know Cole Beasley's out now with COVID, but you basically have to make that that offense becomes one-dimensional, and now Stefan Diggs doesn't look as strong as he did. Um, I think Diggs is still a top 10, maybe even a top 5 wide receiver if you do those rankings, mm-hmm. but through now now almost two years since the Stefan Diggs trade, yeah, Justin Jefferson has jumped the shark. He's he's big, he's a better wide receiver than Stefan Diggs. I mean, it, you know, Rick Spielman's just getting blasted for you know bad offensive line again and you know whiffing on some first-round picks, but they nailed the Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. trade and the pick. Like, that's one of the biggest heist trades in Vikings history. Yeah. It's not quite the Herschel Walker trade, the opposite of Herschel Walker, uh, Walker trade. But when it, it, it kind of reminds me of the, when the Twins traded A.J. Pierzynski back in the early 2000s yeah. to the Giants. And they wind up, I think they got Francisco Liriano and Joe Nathan and like Booth Bonser or somebody. Yeah. But then they replaced A.J. Pierzynski with Joe Maurer, who was already in the twin system. Right. And so, like, you traded, and Pierzynski was one of the better catchers in baseball at the time, but, like, absolutely no downgrade, and you got other assets to to go along with it. So, all right, let's check on Mr. Roboto here. Let's see, did he did he fix the internet glitch? Let's do Judd, that. Give us, yeah. give us your take. It's a complete reboot this time. <laughs> Everything is rebooted. There is nothing else give I can reboot. Give us your reboot. take on 90s sitcoms. Oh. They were, for the most part, atrocious and terrible. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Full top, house. Top, top three 90s sitcoms from Judd Zolgan. Family Matters? Yeah, Step no. by Step? No. Boy Meets World? <laughs> no. I love Boy uh, Meets Yeah, World. you know what? Boy, Boy Meets Perfect World Perfect Strangers? Boy, Boy Meets World is uh, No, Perfect Strangers, no. No. Oh, uh, friends overrated massively. Oh. I, I agree it's overrated. Oh, we're on um, a break. We are on a break. I don't hate it, but it's overrated. Yeah, you know what? David Schwimmer. Oh my God! Uh, that hang dog, puppy dog, lost look. Oh my God! Um, I think he's back, folks. He's back. I rebooted every possible thing. I, I'm I'm 52. I was literally I'm running around my room, Just, unplugging I'm everything, so plugging it back in. Stella helped me out. She's it here. Amazing. She's like, "What are you doing? You're an idiot." Well, and he's arrived just in time to tell the audience how he's lost 30 pounds before the holiday season, which is You know what? That's why amazing. I'm back. 
Yeah. I'm not. I'm not back for you guys. I'm not back for the Vikings. The Vikings can yeah, forget them. I am here because of my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. And as Phil just alluded to, the fact that I've gone from around 240 pounds just a couple months ago to 210, uh, feeling fit and happy, and uh, for me, trim. And that's all because of my friends at Livia. And I want to tell you about their deal that you can right now save 50% off the program with your first visit being free. A limited time offer that, um, oh, look, it's December 23rd. Call now, ladies and gentlemen, because this offer ends literally today. This can get you on the track to being in much better shape, feeling good about yourself, learning how to eat, and then keeping the weight off. 855-GO-LIVIA, livia.com, L. I-V-E-A, spell it with me, L-I-V-E-A.com, 855-GO-LIVIA. Do it today. I'm serious. This offer ends today, 50% off the program. At least find out right now how you can join to get on track for the new year. There it is. All right. And so to catch to catch Judd up here, uh, key offensive stat category number two was total offense, some of the parts. Yards per play, Vikings are now 13th. Football Outsiders has them 14th, according to DVOA. And PFF grade has them 12th. So by all these measurements, the Vikings offense is slightly above average at this point in the season and outside the top 10, which we both agreed seems like. I know there's some flaws here and there, but like, come on now. And then uh, Justin Jefferson is decidedly better than Stefan Diggs was category number three. And here's category number four. It's called run-pass ratio. Let's have some fun with run-pass ratios. So overall, the Vikings lean run-heavy. They are 19th in pass percentage, just percentage of plays that are passes versus runs. The Vikings Vikings pass the ball on 57% of plays, which again ranks 19th. The Buccaneers are number one. They pass almost 70% of plays with a 44-year-old quarterback just slinging it around the lot. Yeah. Didn't work too well against the Saints last week, but... Okay, on second down, which is kind of the kind of the swing down, right? You can you know, a lot of different that's pretty much all, all the plays are available. Not to, you could not get run tricky. Down, the Vikings agree with Judd. It is a run down. The Vikings are one of the most run heavy teams on second down. They are tied for fourth in second down run rate. So if you think you see a lot of run run pass, the stats would would prove that. On second and long, so okay, we got stuffed on first down. We either had an incomplete pass or we ran into the line of scrimmage and gained nothing, right? So now it's second and eight or longer. Second and 10, second and 12. And the Vikings are also tied for fourth in run rate on second and long. So, you know, keep pounding that rock. Get it to third and four. I think part of the problem with the Vikings' offensive philosophy, <clears throat> Mike Zimmers and Clint Kubiak's, is they think about second down as how do we how do we make it third and manageable as opposed to how do we get a big player just get a first down on second down like the Vi- the vikings the vikings are thinking about third and four third and three how do we get to right. third and five third and three third, yeah. and top offenses are thinking how do we get like 12 yards on this second down play how do we chunk one for 20 and not have to deal with third down it does feel like in watching games um the, the last couple weeks with the vikings not playing on sunday it does feel like there's an inordinate amount of teams that think like that. Like I saw a lot more second and fifteen runs than I expected. And if we yet, could just make it second and yeah, third and ten. It just seems like such a, a, a mismanaged conservative safe 
down call. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you, to your point, why wouldn't the goal be, let's try and get the first down and let's make it, let's say third and two. Like, like worst case, we still get a big chunk back as opposed to let's get eight back or let's get seven back. It's weird. Yeah. So those are your four key offensive stats Football. there for this week. Um, yeah, if you guys have thoughts, who, who would you say you think next three years, Stafford or Cousins, who would you want? Drop us a line in the YouTube comment section on Purple Daily. But it's time for the main event here now, boys. No disrespect to state of the offense here, but this is the showdown that everyone's been waiting for here. The random Viking of the week, the 19th edition. Judd leads 12-6 to six so far over Declan. Declan snapped Judd's four-game winning streak by guessing Daryl Bevel correctly last week. Judd's praying right now. Praying to the football guy. I'm meditating. To the football. I'm meditating. <laughs> one with football, one with pigskin. Meditation with hands clasped. One football. With, one with Spurgeon one with win, the, one with Jerome Wiggins. One with the pigskin. One with the pigskin. Second <laughs> long run. Be free. All right, this random. So here's how this works. If, if you're new to the show here, so I will throw out a series of clues. You guys each get three incorrect guesses before you are eliminated. And um, if you want to ask me a question, you can. I can choose whether or not I want to answer it. It's that simple. This random Viking of the week originally hails from Mobile, Alabama. Almost senior bowl. He was actually born three months premature as well. I would think it's a it's a long shot to get to the NFL if you're born three months premature. I mean, it's a long shot to get to the NFL anyways, but he overcame being born three months premature. This random Viking of the Week played college football in the SEC. This random Viking of the Week once made the USA Today All-Joe team, which honors unsung players who have never made a Pro Bowl, but who made an impact that season. Okay. This random Viking of the Week played 10 years in the NFL with two different teams. During high school, this random Viking of the Week was a standout track and field star. Mm. I'll even give you the the details on because you might be thinking, well, was he a shot put guy or was he a yeah, sprinter? Was, oh, or yeah, was thank he, you. That'd right? be good. Yeah, right. Yeah, good call. Because if he was like a shot putter, you might well, think, oh, maybe he was a like a linebacker. Or, yeah, what you events? Know, you know, you never know. So he competed in the 100 meter dash okay. and long jump at the 2004 Junior Olympics. Okay. 2004. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Judd's Googling. I think he's just taking notes. Oh, just yeah. So the audience. I'm, okay. I'm <laughs> writing down yeah, the clues. I, I... Okay. This random Viking of the week was a seventh-round pick, but not by the Vikings. Seventh-round pick, but not by... If this random Viking of the week were to partake in a trip to the casino, and I don't know if that's the case, I'm guessing his favorite games are slot 
machines. Declan have a guess? I so we so now we know the position he even Well no, hold on, hold on, seventh round pick. I do have a question. Okay. The random Viking of the week is never a current Viking, correct? It's always a former Viking or employee. To, to this point, they've all been former Vikings, and I will tell you this current uh, this random Viking of the week does not play for the Vikings right now. And I'll even give you, uh, this random Viking of the Week does not currently play in the NFL. Okay. Okay, so we're a 10-year veteran, retired. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh, two, two teams? Two teams. This random Viking of the Week, in terms of his Vikings tenure, only played for Mike Zimmer. I got a guess. I, I got one, too. Oh. Gary is right. Judd's wrong. No, it. it my guess is off. He was, he was playing before 2004. This random Viking of the week played defense. Yeah. It's definitely defender. <sighs> I see where Judd was going there. I, I Yeah, I see where Judd was going there. All right, I'll, you know what? I will throw it out. Terrence Newman. He played for more than two teams. This random Viking of the week had one of the coolest names in Vikings history. This random Viking of the week, in terms of the other team he played for, played for them twice. Wait, what do you mean? Say that again. So he played. Oh, so he played only for three. He played for. He had three. three he had three, three stints. Rounds. Three stints. One was with the Vikings, and the oh, okay. and the other two stints were with the same team, bookending his Vikings tenure. Oh God. Mike Zimmer looked at the 2013 Leslie Frazier Vikings and said. Mm-mm. We need an actual Captain professional to come. Captain Munnerland. Captain Munnerland. <laughs> Captain Munnerland. Yes. You can put it on the board. Yes. And Judd with his 13th victory of the season in Random Viking of the Week. Oh, man. How are you going to celebrate? Oh, let's see here. How can I celebrate? Uh, you know what? <laughs> COVID or not, screw COVID. <laughs> I got a Surly Furious right by my side at all times. And ladies and gentlemen, I suggest you have the same. Surly Brewing, all the Surly beers are fantastic. The Furious, though, that's the official beer of the Zolgad, of Purple Daily, of everything that's good on this earth. When you're watching the Vikings, if you don't have a Surly Furious nearby, you're not doing it right. You know, speaking of, speaking of the great players in Vikings history, Here's the beer that you need. Surly Furious IPA, which also is sold at U.S. Bank Stadium. <sighs> there it is, the random Viking of the week. Oh, Dax, you were – I felt like you were sniffing it out. You were, you were, you were on the defensive side Dude, of the ball. it was a total cornerback. Like, I, I knew that immediately. I jumped the route. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, he, uh, he goes and guy. plays the slots. He goes and plays the slots at the casino. I thought that was a pretty clever hint. That's why I thought it was a slot receiver at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I figured no, as like he's a defender. gambler, as in like he's a high risk, high reward. Like he 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 goes oh, for so picks. Oh, so you both? 
So you both didn't catch no, it? No, I did slot, not. A slot corner. A slot yeah, no, corner. I thought slot nope. receiver, which is nope, why I No, I'm too dumb. I did not. I, I, put it, I put it in a and, different context. And if I'm not mistaken, although I don't think he played 10 years, Jarius Wright did jump to the Carolina Panthers, but of course yep. he didn't come back here. Yep. Captain, Captain went what? Carolina, Minnesota, Carolina. Carolina. Yep, yep. Got Jarius Wright. I bet there's a lot of similarities. It's, it's, in fact, is Jarius Wright from Alabama? Let's see here. Let's pull up his. Uh, he went. Maybe to, he'll have to make an appearance didn't he at some point. Go to Bama. Uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. He's from Ar- Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. He's always from Warren, him. Arkansas. Always liked Jarius Wright. Always thought he was a nice player. He was. He, he was, was good. Man. He was a nice guy. He was good dude. Well, there it is. Random Viking of the week. Also, your uh, four <laughs> key offensive stats. So we'll be uh, we'll be back at you. So tomorrow for for Christmas Eve. We I, I think we did this maybe a year or two ago, but there's a lot of new listeners too. We found the original live reaction right after the Minneapolis, like as the Minneapolis miracle was happening, vent line. And I think Judd was at the stadium covering that. And yeah. I yeah. feel like you called in at one point. Uh, it was superstar Mike Morris and myself were anchoring the coverage, and you can hear like the live fan reaction. Oh my god! People calling in right after the Minneapolis miracle. We're gonna post that. As a purple rewind tomorrow on Purple Daily for a little Christmas Eve special. So two nice. hours, poor a surly and poor multiple surlies. Yeah, yeah. Damn it's right. Christmas Eve. Take a listen. So all right, dudes. Good discussion here. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment Therapy. We'll see you guys. Happy holidays.